So as Pastor um, already introduced, uh, what me and the youth have been going through is a series on forgiveness. And I have to say that it's been probably the hardest two months of my life um, preaching through this series and studying on this series. Um, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 18, so if you can go there. Um, the reason why I say that, and the reason why I say it's been the hardest past month or month and a half, two months of my life is because John MacArthur kind of sums it up in his book, Alone with God, and he says, nothing in the Christian life is more important than forgiveness. Our forgiveness of others and God's forgiveness of us. Um, and I'm convinced after studying this, it's the hardest thing you will ever have to do if you choose to do it, is to forgive somebody. Um, how many of us have ever been hurt by somebody? Like really, really hurt. I'm talking everywhere from being lied to to being raped. Everything from being backstabbed to being molested. Everyone in this room has been hurt by a brother, a sister, a father, a mother, a stepfather, stepmother, cousin, neighbor, stranger. Somebody in your life has hurt you. And there's a level, the Bible says there's a level of growth and maturity in the Christian life that you will never get past if you don't learn how to forgive. And this is why a lot of people will be separated, sheeps and goats, hell and heaven, because they didn't want to forgive. It's the hardest thing you will ever have to do is to forgive. So Matthew chapter 18, verse 23, if you stand with me, that's where we're going to anchor um, in our text. is a parable by Jesus talking to um, probably one of his closest disciples, Peter. Um, and it's a parable, and it, and it goes like this. Matthew chapter 18, verse 23, says this. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. He began to settle. One, when he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents and when he could not pay his master ordered him to be sold his wife and his children all that he had and payment to be made so the servant fell on his knees imploring him saying have patience on me I will pay you everything and out of pity for him the master of the servant released him and forgave him the debt but when the same servant went out he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seizing him he began to choke him saying, pay me what you owe. So the fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, saying, have patience on me. I will pay you. He refused and went out and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. And his fellow servants saw what had taken place, and they were greatly distressed. And he went and reported to the master and all that had taken place. And the master summoned him, saying, you wicked servant. I forgave you of the debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers that he should be pay his debt in full. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Amen. So what we're going to be talking about today is the last sermon in our series of the series called The Freedom of Forgiveness. This is the last sermon. And the title of this sermon, what we're going to be talking about today, very, very tough topic, but it's going to be called How to Forgive. So look to your, uh, your neighbor and tell you we're going to learn how to forgive today. So we're going to be talking about two points, looking at the main uh, protagonist in this parable. And we're looking at two points. The first point is what he did wrong, which is all obvious to us. 
it's, it's obvious what he did wrong in this. He should have forgave the guy because he was forgiven. But we're going to look about in detail what he did wrong and what he should have done. Those two points. What he did wrong and what he should have done. Talking about how to forgive. So the first thing he did wrong is one of the three things he did wrong. The first thing is he got angry. How many of us in here have ever been angry before? Like really, really mad. The first thing this guy did wrong in our text is that he got angry. And he was completely justified to get angry. The guy did some, I mean, he paid, he owed him money. It's not like, oh, this guy was just completely just heartless and didn't like, just too hard for him to forgive this guy because this, what the guy did to him was just like completely unforgivable. No. We've all been in this guy's shoes. He was mad because this guy owed him some money and he was obviously in some financial debt. The Bible says that he owed his master 10,000 talents. That's close to about several billion dollars today. He owed the master several billion dollars. And when he went out to talk to this guy, he was like, hey, I want my money from you, man. My 1,000 bucks, my 100 denarii, I want my money. It's not that the guy wasn't wrong. He was wrong. He owed him money. But his problem was he got angry. When you're when you're angry, it's almost always going to end in violence. When you are angry, it's almost always going to end in violence. And what is anger? I don't want to be ambiguous. Anger is the feeling you get when you feel taken advantage of or manipulated. And this is why refusing, or this is why it's bad, this is why it's bad to have anger. Because anger is never going to let you forgive somebody. Anger is the process towards refusing to forgive. And refusing to forgive leaves an open wound in our soul that festers into bitterness, resentment, and depression. When you, when you refuse to forgive, it leaves an open wound inside of your soul that leads to bitterness, resentment, and depression. Are you bitter today? Are you bitter towards someone, that, that person that did something wrong to you? He may have raped you. She may have raped you. She may have molested you. you. He may have molested you. Whatever it was, are you bitter towards that person? There's a level of growth and maturity you will never, ever, 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 ever reach if you don't learn how to forgive. What it means to be bitter is to have something in your heart where you just have to grin, like grit your teeth when this person comes up inside of your presence. Like you walk in front of this person, they want to shake your hand, and you just, it takes everything in you not to punch this person in the face. That's bitterness. Resentment is the fact that you just can't get over what they did to you. And you hold it against them. So every time you go and pray, you can't pray for that person. Resentment. No matter how bad you want to let go of what they did to you, resentment won't let you. And the worst of all of what unforgiveness does to you is Depression. Depression. Are you the type of person right now in your life that you can't get anything done? You can't make yourself get up and pull up your bootstraps and go get a job. You can't work up the strength to fill out an application. You can't work up the strength to write out the rest of your homework. You can't get out of bed on Saturdays until 2 o'clock. That's called depression. Every time you feel hurt, bad, dirty, nasty, you turn to ice cream, you turn to fried chicken, you turn to a burger. That's called depression. 
Refusing to forgive leads three things, an open wound in your soul that festers into three things, bitterness, resentment, and depression. And refusing to forgive, refusing to forgive always starts with being angry at somebody. Are you angry today? The next thing that the guy did wrong, this is just a little thing, uh, um, a quote that, a quote and a scripture that goes along with this. Sherry Scott said this, anger makes you smaller while forgiveness forces you to grow beyond what you were. Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, Jesus says something to his disciples who have asked him, hey, teach us how to pray, Jesus. John told his disciples, can you teach us how to pray? Jesus, right in the middle of the Lord's prayer, we call it, says that forgive us our debts as we forgive those who trespass against us. Jesus thought it was so important that we would learn how to forgive, so he put it in the model prayer for us. Saying every time we pray, we got to pray, God, forgive me and help me to forgive others. It's hard to do. The next thing he did wrong is he got prideful. Let's look at our text. He says that he goes to the guy, right? Goes to the guy and says, hey, pay me what you owe. And the servant says, have patience with me. I'll pay you. And he says, no, I'm going to put your butt in jail. Put him in jail. Pay me what you owe right now. Pride will keep you from ever forgiving. Pride is what keeps you from forgiving somebody. So let me just bring it down to earth. Some people in this room right now, statistics say probably more than 15 people in this room have been molested or raped as a child. When you were small, when you're little, someone, a babysitter, mom or dad, stepdad, brother, sister, stepmom, somebody, cousin, I don't know who it was, molested you, hurt you. In your heart, you felt guilty because what happened to you felt good. We're sexual creatures, even at a little age. So if someone does something to you, you know it's bad, you know it's wrong, and it feels good. Why? Because you're genetically made that way. And the devil used that to tell you that you are guilty. You brought it upon yourself. And you spent your whole life feeling guilty about what happened to you. And you, feel, you spent your whole life not being able to, uh, refusing to forgive the person who did that to you. Your whole life. That's called bondage. That's called prison. You will never get out of that, and you will spend your whole life trying to feel forgiven, trying to feel unguilty in a numerous horrible, horrible ways I'm not going to go into, but you will never be released from that prison unless you forgive that person. Pride will keep you from forgiving that person. Why? Why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to me? I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to be raped. I don't deserve to be molested. I don't deserve this. I can't be treated this way. That's called pride. Tell you something about the world. It's sinful. Let me tell you something else about people. They're sinful. Sin affects everyone. What happened to you happened to you because there's sin in the world. But pride will keep you from ever forgiving that person. And so this guy, after being forgiven, forgiven of what he had done, he was still prideful. What is pride? Thinking too highly of yourself. We're all sinners in here. All sinners, raise your hand. We're all sinners in here. Don't think too highly of your all. Don't take yourself too seriously. Pride makes you forget a couple things. Your shortcomings, the fact that you're forgiven, and your freedom. Shortcomings. What is shortcomings? The fact that you don't measure up. Did this guy forget that he owed several billion dollars to the master? Had he forgotten that he owed several billion dollars? And he's asking this guy for what, what today would be a thousand dollars. 
several billion dollars. Pride will let you forget, will let us forget the fact that we don't measure up. There's a standard that we don't meet because of sin. Another thing that pride makes us forget is the fact that we're forgiven. If you look at, if you look at verse uh, 27 in chapter 18, it says that the master forgave him his debts. So the guy came up to him saying, hey, I can't pay it. Please have mercy on me. Have patience on me. I'll pay you. I can't do it. And the master said he has pity on him, and he says, and he forgave him of his debts. What this word means, forgave, in Greek, what it means is to leave something behind, to leave something in a place, to cancel a debt. And so pride will make you forget the fact that you're forgiven. Pride will make you forget your shortcomings. And the last thing pride will make you forget is your freedom. And you might be asking yourself, why, is, why does pride make me do all these things? Before we get into why pride forgets, makes us forget our freedom, why does pride make us do all these things? This is why. Because pride is the gasoline that fuels the car that is our flesh. Our flesh is sinful. Pride is the gasoline that fuels the gas, fuels the car. That is our flesh. Because our flesh is sinful and we feel prideful, it's impossible to please God with pride inside your heart. It's impossible to forgive somebody. It's impossible to think of yourself in a godly way if pride is inside your heart. The last thing that pride makes us forget is our freedom. Think of Satan. He had a maid. Satan had it made. I mean, he was the most beautiful angel God had created. And he's, oh, that's not enough. I want more. I want to be better than you, God. It's called pride. Sir Thomas More, or one of the great uh, leaders in the church, um, Sir Thomas More says that Satan, the proud spirit, hates to be mocked. He's proud. Pride will make you forget your freedom in Christ. Judas, I mean, Judas had it made. How many of us can say that we walked with Jesus on earth? Pride made him forget his freedom. If you are a Christian in here, talking to the Christians, you are free. Paul says that Christ has set us free so we could be free. And pride will make you forget the fact that you are free. Don't keep yourself in prison any longer. Don't keep yourself 
in chains any longer. You are free. Pride will make you forget the fact that you are free. What does it mean to be free? It's exactly what happened to the servant in the, in the, in the, in the story. No consequences. No obligations. When the master forgave him, he said, I don't care. It's done. You don't have to prove yourself to me. You don't got you to you be religious. You don't got to do this. You don't got to do this. Once you are forgiven, you are forgiven. Consequences, obligations are completely gone. The last thing he did is he got greedy. Greediness will keep you from forgiving somebody. Greediness. Greediness is thinking that what you have is not enough. You need more. What you have right now, your house, your car, your kids, your, ha your happy family, all that you have right now, it's not enough. I need to be with another man. I need to be with another woman. I need more money. I need a nicer car. I need a bigger paycheck. I need a nicer church with people who don't get on my nerves. It's called greediness. Greediness will keep you from forgiving. You show me a person that, I'll, you show me a person that is greedy and I'll show you a person who hates who they are inside. You show me a person who is greedy and I'll show you a person who can't stand to look at themselves in the mirror. I'm talking about somebody that's just greedy. All they think about is money, 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 money. Myself, 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 myself. Anybody who thinks of themselves that much can't stand themselves. Show me somebody that's greedy, I'll show you somebody that hates who they are. I'll tell you something, you can't have godly character. We can't have godly character if you are consumed with money. We can't have godly character if we are consumed with money. Verse 6, or chapter 6, verse 24 of Matthew, Jesus says, you can't serve two masters. It's a good verse to write down in your margin. Chapter 6 of Matthew, verse 24, you can't serve two masters. Why, Jesus? Because you're going to hate one and love the other. Talking about money. You can't serve God and money. Yeah, I don't know about that. You, there's rich people that could be blessed, you know. I don't know about that. Look at Justin Bieber. Look at Kanye West. Look at Katy Perry. Katy Perry's parents were pastors in Visalia. Justin Bieber lived in a Christian family in Canada before he moved to Atlanta with Usher. Kanye West and Donda West were at church every single Sunday praising God. Praising God. Where are they now? Katy Perry's riding a dark horse that leads to God knows where. Justin Bieber's driving drunk through the streets of Miami in a car that costs more than his whole career. And then Kanye West has the audacity to stand on a man-made mountain at every tour that he goes to, 2013, and call himself God in the flesh. Where are they now? You can't serve God in money. You're going to pick one. You're greedy, you're not going to be able to forgive. If you're prideful, you're not going to be able to forgive. And if you are angry, you're not going to be able to forgive. What happened to the man? Okay, you're telling me, Alex, that I can't be angry, I can't be prideful, I can't be greedy. Well, what happened to the guy? I know what happened to uh, Justin Bieber. What happened to the guy in our story? Stay in the story, Alex. Okay, okay. Matthew 18, 34 says this. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers. This word jailers in Greek is tormentors, is torturers. 
When you decide not to forget, you torment and torture yourself. You torture yourself in your mind and you torment yourself in your heart when you choose not to forgive. Someone has done some like horrible, nasty, hard to forgive towards you. What you are doing by not forgiving is torturing yourself in your mind and tormenting yourself in your heart. I don't care if your dad walked out on you. I don't care if your mother walked out of you. I don't care if your own flesh and blood family raped and molested you. I don't care if your next door neighbor ran over your five-year-old kid. By you not forgiving that kid, you are tormenting yourself in your mind and torturing yourself in your heart. You need to learn how to forgive. This is what uh, Louis B. Smeeds says. When you release the wrongdoer from the wrong, you cut a malignant tumor out of your inner life. You set a prisoner free, but you discover that the real prisoner was yourself. So we talked about what this guy did wrong. Now we're going to talk about what he should, should have done in two points. The first thing, he should have remembered his forgiveness. Matthew uh, chapter 18, verse 27 says that the master forgave him. And like I said, it means to leave behind. It leads to leave in a place, to cancel a debt. Has God forgiven you a debt that you won't forgive somebody else of? Has God forgiven you of something so great and yet you won't forgive somebody else? Let's not, let's not forget that this guy owed several billion dollars. And the guy that owed him something was only $1,000. I don't have to be a math teacher to tell you that's a big difference. Has God forgiven you of something so great and yet you won't forgive somebody else? You're saying, well, Alex, it's hard. I can't do it. Like, I'm really hurt. It's like actually impossible for me to forgive that person. I'm going to show you how you can. The first thing is remembering that you're forgiven. This is what the guy should have done. If you go to uh, John 13, verses 3 through 5, it's a good verse, a couple verses to write down in your margin. Um, this will explain what it means to be forgiven, or what it looks like for us to be forgiven of our sins. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside, say laid aside, his outer garments and taking, say taking, a towel, tied it around his waist. And he poured the water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that he had wrapped around him. Now go to uh, John chapter 10, verse 18, another good verse to write down. It says, no one takes it from me, but I what? Lay it down. On my own accord, I have authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to what? Take it up again. You see the comparison between those two verses. Jesus, as he's about to wash his disciples' feet, gets up from dinner, laid aside his outer garments, took up a towel, wrapped it around his knees and thighs, and got on his knees and started washing the disciples' feet with his hands, some water, and dried it off with the towels around his waist. Laid aside his outer garments, and then took up the towel. John chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus talking about his life using the same exact words. Saying that I laid, I lay my life down. And I have the authority to take it back up again. Same exact words. You are forgiven. 
If you, in your heart, you really want to forgive somebody, you've got to remember that you yourself are forgiven. Jesus, when he left heaven, laid aside his outer garment, took on nasty, skinful flesh, and came to earth so that you could be forgiven. We want to forgive somebody. You got to remember that you are forgiven. He did that for you. I mean, that is, it's really hard not to be able to forgive somebody knowing that Jesus did that for us. I mean, he left his heavenly throne clothed in glory and majesty. Took off his glory, his light, his presence, took it off. Came to earth and put on nasty skin flesh. Died on a cross just so they could rip the skin right back off of it. Did that for us. Has God forgiven you of a debt? And you yourself, you won't forgive somebody else. The level of maturity and growth you will never ever get to if you don't learn to forgive that person who's done something to you. You might be saying, well, yeah, I, I understand that. You're saying, I need, to re- I need to remember that I'm forgiven. How do I do that? This is how you do it. Because you might be saying, Alex, I, it's, it's hard. I mean, I come in here, I hear you preach this, and I'm thinking like, okay, I think I can, I think I can maybe forgive that person who did that to me. But I know throughout the week I'm going to struggle with the fact that I know I don't really forgive that person. So how can I remember the fact that I'm forgiven throughout the week? Because I remember I'm forgiven when I'm here singing I'm a friend of God and I'm hearing you preach. But throughout the week, I struggle with it so bad. This is how you do it. Before you leave your house, sit at your table with a cup of coffee, maybe some cereal, and read your Bible. Read your Bible. You're saying, well, how do I remember the fact that I'm forgiven? I want to forgive somebody else. Read your Bible before you leave your house. Learn how to pray. Before you leave your house, start praying. Pray. Read your Bible daily, and you'll see your heart being changed to a heart that's able to forgive. The second thing, and the reason why this is... um, Hard to do because it's impossible. It's literally impossible for us to forgive somebody. It's impossible. We don't have the nature to do it. So the second thing that the guy should have done, not only remembered his forgiveness, what he, what he should have done is he should have been honest. The guy should have been honest with the, with the guy who owed him money and with God or with the master. He should have went up to the man and said, hey, man, you owe me $1,000. Luckily, I just got forgave of my several billion dollar debt or else I would not be able to eat tonight. But I need the money that you owe me. I'm hungry. I got kids. I got a family like you. You're hurting me by not paying me. But he didn't do that. He was angry, prideful, and greedy. He just said, give me the money and choked him. What the guy should have done is he should have been honest. If you want to forgive somebody, you need to be honest with that person. Forgiveness can't take place unless both unless both parties know the damage that has been done. Unless you go up to that person and say, hey, 
I'm st- I know you think I forgave you because I'm all nice to you, but really in my heart, I, don't, I haven't forgiven you. And let me tell you why. You hurt me. I mean, you really, really hurt me. And every day I get out of bed struggling with what you've done to me. Forgiveness cannot take place unless both parties know the damage that has been done. He should have been honest with God, say, or with his master, saying, or we need to be honest with God, saying, God, I can't do it. You're asking me to do something that is impossible. I can't forgive this person. This is why we will never forgive the people in our hearts that have done something wrong to us. We won't be honest with others, and we won't be honest with God. James 5.16 says, if we confess our sins to one another, then you will be healed. You will never be healed of that unforgiveness. If you don't confess it and say, hey, you hurt me. Or you say to God, God, I can't do it. What you're asking me to do, I can't. I can't forgive this person. It's too hard. Tell God that. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, if you cast all your cares upon the Lord, because why? He cares about you. That word, Rodney Coom had to tell me this. Casting, the word cast in that passage is in the present participle, meaning you got to do it daily. When you read your Bible, when you pray, you're casting, saying, God, I can't do this. I mean, what they did is just horrible. What they did, I just, I can't get over it. Will you please help me to do it? And you can't even do that unless you want to. I mean, the person who wants to forgive, the person that wants to forgive somebody has got to want to forgive somebody. If you don't want to forgive them, you won't do it. Somebody that really, really wants to forgive somebody will say, God, I love this person more than I even love myself. And myself won't even let me forgive them. So can you please teach me to put myself aside so that I can love and forgive this person? That is true love. For somebody to say, I want to do what I can't do, and I'll do anything to try to do the thing that I can't do. What the guy should have done is he should have remembered his own forgiveness. He should have remembered that he has to be honest. Why am I saying this is um, impossible? If you go to John 13, Jesus forgives Peter. I mean, his best, I mean, he was good friends with Peter. And Peter says, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus says, where I'm going, you can't go. And he's like, Psh. Jesus, I'm never going to leave you. Wherever you go, I'm going to go. Don't worry, Jesus, I'm, I'll be with you. Don't take it so hard, Jesus. It wasn't easy for Peter to see him like, Jesus like this, his best friend. I'll be with you, Jesus. And Jesus picked up his weary head, looked at Jesus and said, looked at Peter and said, dude, in a couple hours you're going to deny the fact that you even know me. Three times. Alex, I can't do what Jesus did in that chapter. I can't forgive somebody who I know is going to hurt me. And not just one time, but two times. No, three times. How can I forgive somebody that I know in my heart is going to hurt me? It's impossible. Luke chapter 1 verse 37 says nothing is impossible with God. Tell God you can't do it. Why? Because he can do it. Tell him, God, I can't do it. And God will tell you, I can do it. 
It may seem impossible for you to forgive somebody, but tell God, hey, it's impossible. And what is he going to tell you? Nothing is impossible with me. The last thing I want to leave you with is um, what happens if I do that? I mean, we talked about what happened to the guy, the fact that he was angry. Because he was angry, prideful, and greedy, we talked about what happened to him. He tormented himself in his mind and his heart. But what happens to me if I actually choose to take God's advice and to be honest with him and to remember I am forgiven myself, what is going to happen to me if I actually do that? You will, for the first time, be able to experience freedom. There's a level of maturity and growth in the Christian life you will never get to if you don't ever choose to forgive your spouse. If you don't ever choose to forgive your, your husband, your wife, your friend, your sister, your cousin, your brother, if you don't choose to do that, you will never get to a level of growth and maturity. If you are here today and you have bitterness, resentment, and anger in your heart towards your own spouse, because what they did to you, what they did before they even met you, I understand. We live in a sinful world. No one in this world, my, my, my dad taught me, no one in this world is ever going to walk through without getting some dirt thrown on them. Your spouse, your husband, your wife, before they met you, they may have been with other people. They may have been with other men, other women. First thing, they didn't know you. Second thing, it's still adultery. The Bible says when you have sex or are intimate with anyone besides the woman you are going to marry or the man you are going to marry, you are committing adultery. You are cheating on your future spouse, whether you know them or not. So if you have anger and resentment and bitterness in your heart towards your spouse right now sitting in this pew, it's because you haven't forgiven them of the men and women they were with before they even met you. Pride, greediness, anger will keep you from forgiving them. You've got to forgive them. You'll never get out of prison. You'll never get to a point of maturity and growth if you don't forgive them. You'll experience freedom. freedom. Freedom means you can rest having peace knowing you'll never be enslaved again. Freedom means knowing you can rest that you'll never be enslaved again. What it means to forgive is to leave something behind. Just to move on from it. No obligations. No consequences. The obligations and the consequences come back up when you go and decide to stay in the place where you left the sin to be. Leave that place. Just leave. You have the conversation, hey, I'm, I'm hurt, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry too. I forgive you. You forgive me, okay? Leave it. Leave it there. When you decide to walk back over, that's when the consequences the obligations will come back. The last thing um, I want to say is a picture that uh, that pastor preached on last week. It's in uh, Luke chapter 7, verse 48. And Jesus says to a young woman who's a prostitute, your sins are forgiven. And your sins are left behind. Your sins are canceled. Your debt canceled completely. And we see as Jesus, or, uh, as, uh, Jesus interacts with this woman, pastor preached last week about the mandates of worship. And we see because of her freedom from her forgiveness, we saw the way her worship looked. When you are free, you can tell when somebody is free. 
All the people in here who are on free, this is what they do in worship. Won't shake a leg. And I don't care if that makes you uncomfortable. If you ain't free, you can't worship. The Bible says, and if you can't worship, you're not living life. I mean, the lions in the zoo, they're not living life. Why? They belong in a, the wild. That's what they're made to be. And the, the, the toys in Toy Story, if they're not being played with, they're not, being, they're not living life. Why? They're made to be played with. If you are worshiping, you're not living life. You are made to worship. Just like a car is made to be driven. You are tormenting yourself. You are torturing yourself. You are not really living without forgiving others. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. How did he free us? He got up on a cross. The sin that we couldn't take care of, the debt, the several billion dollars we couldn't pay, Jesus took it upon himself, paid it with his own blood. And the Bible says that they bled the guy dry. I mean, he was up there just a bag of bones. They let all the blood, all the water out of his body, and they put him in a tomb. And the Bible says that what he said several chapters later, that he had the authority to take it back up again. He did that. He had so much authority, he even had somebody roll away the tomb for him. And he walked out of there with all power in his hands. So if you are here today, if you are here today, and I don't believe, I don't believe everybody in this room will leave here forgiving that person. And that's okay. They want to stay in prison, let them stay in prison. They want to stay in prison with the door wide open, let them stay in prison with the door wide open. C.S. Lewis says, at any moment, anybody can walk into eternal happiness. But if you are here and you want to be freed, if you want to forgive that person who really did that horrible thing to you, you can't do it unless you know Jesus Christ. You got to be honest with who you are and that you can't forgive. And you got to remember the fact that you are forgiven. Amen? Amen.